I go first. Action. Take two. Welcome to Teachers Talk. My name is Skylar. And my name is Teji. Teji B. Taylor Brown. Whatever you want to refer to me as. I like to call her Teji B because it's fun. I do. I like Teji. You made that one up or maybe Riley did. Teji. you did. Teji. I don't know if I did, but I call you that. I do like it. (laughs) Makes me happy. I go by Skylar. At Sky Skyler. Oh, yeah. That's yours. That's mine. That's what I call you. You're the only one that gets to call me that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which is why I like it. Don't come at her. Don't, please. <laughs> she hates it. <laughs> I don't hate it. I just... There's only a select few people that can call me Sky. Yeah, Otherwise, me and I, Tori. Yeah. And then my friend Nicole sometimes will call me Sky and okay, I'm fine, fine with it. Three of us. So, I don't yeah. call you Sky, though. No, you don't. Because Sky is you weird. just say at Sky Skyler. At Sky Skyler. Yeah. That's fine. That's Love fair. It. Nicknames. Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, guten tag, whatever. Um, hola. Bonjourno. Um, um, Your turn. Um, nope, I was going to say Bonjour. that's uh, uh, buonasera, but Ciao. that's, um, I'm pretty sure that's good night in, uh, <laughs> it counts. in Italian. As long as it's hello in some form. <laughs> that's good night, though. Okay. It's different. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Mahalo. <laughs> Pirana. I'm done. <laughs> that one's from... Um, Couples retreat. Uh, Tahiti. Nice. Nice, nice. Well, you made it here. You made it. If you're still here, thank you. If you decided to continue listening to us, even though we sound like. um, Maybe they hit the skip button. Yeah, they're like, I do that through ads. I'm like, no, 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 no. Well, sometimes. (laughs) Sometimes. Always. Well, oh, yeah. Happy um, just summer, I guess. What are you all doing during the summer break? Are you all on summer break or are some of you still going? Please let us know. Because I, I feel like some people are still going. But Wait, by the time Cece's this still in? <gasps> airs. Am I allowed to say her name? Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Hi, Cece. I don't think she listens. <gasps> okay. but you should tell her to listen to this one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we definitely just called her out. Yeah. Well, I don't know when this is airing. Cause um, this is airing next next week. Oh, cool. Yeah, well, this then is like happy the next summer, one. everyone. I hope you've had at least somewhat of a vacation. Yeah, um, seriously. We had a vacation that I know you've heard about many times. It was times. great. We're still dwelling on it. We are. Because it was amazing. It was. It was absolutely. What was it, Taylor? A 10 out of 10. It was 10 out of 10. A thousand um, out of 10. But today, well, do you have any other chatty things that you want to say before I say mm. what I'm doing today? Oh, I do. Just a quick thing. Yeah. I just wanted to say thanks for the great feedback on our last episode. Oh, yes. I've heard from parents and friends and listeners, and they all just kind of said thank you for talking about something that's not easy to talk about. Yeah. So that was nice feedback. And if you haven't listened to it, you should go listen to episode 44. I felt like it was a really good one. I was going to say today that I really was a um, a big fan of that episode that you did. Uh, I think that it took a lot to talk about some difficult things. Yeah. Uh, but like you said, we got some good feedback and also spread the word. Kind of yeah. let people know, even if they don't listen to our podcast, maybe I would say that episode is, a, is one to listen to so that people can hear from us and understand our perspectives totally and we want to understand other perspectives as well so agreed you killed that episode i just looked down <laughs> is that what was in there i kid you not i thought that was was that <laughs> taylor found I, something in her shirt i 
put this rock there intentionally. It's a crystal. You put a rock in your shirt. This is from one of my students. Okay. Um, it is a negative energy sucking crystal. And you put it in your shirt. And I put it, well, first I put it in my hat. Okay. And then I got uncomfortable. So I just like threw it in my shirt and I forgot it was there. Is and it because I'm, it I'm sucked like, all the negative yeah, energy out of I'm you? I'm going to put it back. Yeah. There you go. It's sucking all the negative energy out of. Do you feel positive today? Uh, now I do. There you go. I feel enlightened. I feel <laughs> light and airy. I just ate lunch. So now my blood sugar is back to normal. Love that. <laughs> I was big, getting real cranky. Big fan. So now I'm good. And I'm ready to hear all the things that you have to talk about because you read this book or you're reading this book. Okay. So here's the thing. I have read three chapters of this book and I've already made an episode out of just the first two chapters. What a wealth of knowledge. It is such a good book so far. And I just being pretty busy this summer, haven't had a chance to read as much as I really, I mean, it's only the first couple of weeks, so I can't say that, but I want to read this entire book. I really am not even halfway through yet, but there's so much in here that I felt was relevant for all of us teachers and even parents too. I'm stoked death. <laughs> Stoked it. Stoked it. Love that. So this book is called The Impulsive Disorganized Child, which is solutions for parenting kids with executive functioning difficulties. And it's by James W. Forgan and Mary Ann Ritchie. So uh, they talk a lot about different, um, you know, scientific things as well. <laughs> Do you like how I said that? Me too. Science, sciencey things. But... A lot of it, when I, I showed Taylor when I first started reading, within the first page, I kid you not, I highlighted pretty much the entire page. Oh, yeah. So you were like just, just going at the it. The entire page was worth noting. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to kind of just go into the first two chapters to talk about what executive functioning is. That's honestly, I'm glad you're doing that because even I feel yeah. confused at times. And I will, uh, throughout the book, just because executive functioning is kind of long term. So I might say EF instead of mm. executive functioning, okay. just so that you're aware. So according to the authors, executive functioning is a broad term used to describe how the brain organizes information to help children think before acting, consider consequences, plan, organize, focus, remember, and sustain effort. That's I will go. Th it's a lot. I will go through kind of some telltale signs of obviously children that have difficulties with executive functioning mm -hmm. and I know for a fact that we have all had students that have these kind of telltale signs. Now this is the thing that we kind of watch for like when we're referring a student to like MET to like an IEP 504 mm -hmm. type thing we mark whether their executive functioning is like at par correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So this will be nice to kind of look at because sometimes when I check that off, I'm like, not positive. That's how so I, I was like too. Help. I'm not, I wasn't as familiar with executive functioning and what it meant. So I think for that little check mark, I'm always like, yeah, their executive functioning is fine. When right. in reality, it's actually not. Um, so if your child has weak executive functions, he may be impulsive and say things without stopping to think, which many children do. Mm -hmm. She may do her homework, but forget to turn it in. His or her room is a mess and completing daily tasks like brushing teeth can take constant reminders. Your child may be forgetful, easily distracted, off task, or have organizational difficulties. 
Your child's body is present in school, but sometimes you may wonder where his or her mind is during school hours, which that one to me was, I noticed Mm -hmm. that a lot with um, specific students where I know that they're listening, but then you ask them the information and they cannot retell Mm -hmm. anything that you just said. She comes home with her, her assignments or she comes home without her assignments. Thank you. Sometimes it's like he has not been taught the material because you have to essentially reteach it. So as teachers, we know that this is a pretty It it sounds like, like uh, this has to be like an extreme version because it sounds like normal child. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. Depending on the age group and what you're but dealing with, especially I'm so I think of because you can think of the students and uh, in a later, later chapter or I'm sorry, later in this, I'll talk about what a, a student with good executive functioning skills oh, looks sweet. like okay. and what a, one with weak executive functioning okay. skills looks like. Great. So this is just something to kind of keep in mind that if your child, you know, is does their homework the and then forgets it Mm -hmm. like things like that that means that they could potentially have weak executive functioning skills does this book go into like tips on how to build executive functioning skills later on yeah I think so not too much that I've gotten to but it does talk a lot about uh where some executive dysfunction comes from oh interesting executive functioning skills that are are weak so it just in this interview it interview (laughs) introduction (laughs) uh ef is still a relatively new term to a lot of teachers even though executive functioning problems show up in many students Mm -hmm. especially in those with disorders such as adhd learning disabilities Mm -hmm. autism a lot of those disorders come with executive i don't want to say come with but when a student has autism they may struggle with their ef skills The first chapter is titled The Big Deal About Executive Functioning. So this is kind of where it goes into what it is. Okay. Executive functioning skills matter. In everyday life, as we decide what is important, how we determine what we're going to use our time doing, Mm -hmm. organizing our materials, staying focused and on task until our task is finished, monitoring our progress and regulating our emotions all of those skills kind of Again, um, are lumped in. Skills. Exactly. It is a ton of skills. So this section just kind of breaks down what is executive functioning. Mm-hmm. The term executive skills comes from the neuroscience literature, comes from neuroscience literature and refers to the brain-based skill that's required for humans to execute or perform tasks. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, I don't think I typed it in this Maybe I maybe I'll get to it in a little bit, but it is just the how you can think of it as like the organization of your brain right. and how you organize task. Yeah, so, like how you prioritize things, how yeah. you keep yourself organized, and we all know those kids that cannot, cannot, like literally cannot. But then you know those kids it. that can, right? Right, the same age group. Yep, yep. And you see the kids that desks are disasters, and those are ones that that's so struggle with executive functioning skills. Hmm. 
EF kind of thinking of it simplified is just the management system of your brain. Mm-hmm. It's how your brain manages everything. EF includes a person's ability to focus, decide what is important, set goals, use prior knowledge, initiate action, manage time, self-monitor performance, use self-restraint. That's a big one with mm-hmm. students that call out, obviously, and then re- remain flexible. Um, you know, when a schedule change happens, especially mm-hmm. for those students with autism, they struggle to uh, be flexible and kind of go with the new schedule. EF is specifically located in the prefrontal cortex with connections to many other parts of the brain. So scientists essentially have kind of narrowed it down to that prefrontal cortex of the brain. And I think we did an episode on something that... That's the brain developing the development of uh-huh. the brain and how that doesn't parts, that's right? yeah that doesn't finish developing until your mid 20s yeah so yeah i think ours are finally uh there <laughs> i think so it's about time. i think we're there i think our brain has developed <laughs> we have worked hard enough to get there <laughs> Uh, let's see. EF is not dependent on IQ, which means that your child can be very, very bright, but still struggle with EF dysfunction. Which is interesting you say that because I feel like, and of course, I'm not trying to generalize. I'm just stating what I've experienced is some of your brightest children struggle with organization organization and impulse control. Yep. And it, and that's happened yearly, at least in my classroom. So I find that to be... I can, Super interesting. I can pick one out of every class, mm-hmm. at least one, who Same. very, very bright. Very bright. But man, are they disorganized. Mm, yeah. And do they forget to turn in their homework? Oh, yeah. All the time. Yeah. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, this So th- these next few have like questions that they asked in the book and then answered kind of immediately after. It says, if EF is so important, then why haven't we heard of this term before? And again, as teachers, we've heard it probably, but maybe don't know as much about it. I think that's um, the underlying problem is that we we've heard we it. hear it and we're like asked about it, but mm-hmm. we don't have like, and again, speaking for myself, because yes. I can't speak for others on that, but like, I don't know enough about it. I'm just going to mm-hmm. be blatant. Yeah. So I'm glad that you're talking about it. Well, here you go. EF has been familiar to neuroscientists for decades, but has become a very hot topic recently among professionals in the fields of especially mental health, medicine, child development, and education. So I think those especially have come, this this term has come up a lot more recently, especially when we see, I think I see at least in our school, a lot more students that come through that we think need to be on like Mm -hmm. IEPs and stuff like that do you think it's because they're learning more like Mm. and then they're applying it to like oh this this is why a child is doing this you know what I mean where I'm going with that I don't know to me in my opinion I think our society is changing so much and like as me being a 26 almost 27 year old and thinking back to my childhood you didn't have many people on IEPs and things like that. I was on one for speech, but I feel like now that things are so easily, I don't want to say easily, things are being diagnosed a lot more. Um, yeah. I yeah. just feel like things are being looked into more. Like we're looking yes. at behaviors as means of communication. Mm-hmm. It's no longer like this child can't whatever it is yeah. it's like let's find out why yeah like, why I, are they I behaving think we're this leaving way? that like 
to that strict, I don't want to say strict, but schools are, uh, you used to be pushed off. Like if you couldn't organize yourself, prioritize, ship them off to the next grade level. Yeah. If you looked like you didn't care, then it was just like, Oh, that's your problem. Mm -hmm. You're not doing it because you don't want to. And that's, which isn't true. Yeah. That's just me kind of generalizing, I think. And obviously, yeah, but we both experienced it (sighs) growing up. Yeah. It was just different. It is. It's our, our education system is a lot different than I, than it used to be. And it's ever changing always. Definitely ever changing, which is why you can't be stagnant as a teacher. Nope. You you really can't. You have to read the literature. Sorry, I'll get off. No, you're fine. Uh, Executive dysfunction is considered to be present in a number of disorders such as autism, ADHD, schizophrenia, OCD, and dementia, but can also occur alone. That means like basically, like I said before, with all of these disorders that we see, we see executive functioning um, skills that are weak. But okay, so it's just saying executive dysfunction is a weak executive executive functioning skills. skill. Okay. Yeah, cool. and they don't. It doesn't mean you have to have a disorder in order to have poor Correct. executive functioning oh, yeah. skills. Absolutely, it can stand alone, Absolutely. or it can be with these other um, disorders. Okay, I, I almost said diseases, but that is not accurate. <laughs> <laughs> Knowledge about EF is changing the way people view and treat many of these disorders. Mm-hmm. What causes executive dysfunction? This is this is where <laughs> you're going to get me. Yes. Difficulty with EF is caused by faulty neural circuitry. Oh, I looked that word up to make sure I said it correctly. Circuitry. Circuitry. It sounds right. Yep. And I looked (laughs) it up. I swear I looked it up. Uh, Let's see. Faulty. Let me restart. Difficulty with EF is caused by faulty neural circuitry and can come from a variety of causes, including genetic or environmental factors. Hmm. I wasn't sure what neural circuitry was, so I looked that up. A neural circuit is a population of neurons interconnected by synapses synapses to carry out a specific function when activated neural circuits interconnect to one another to form large-scale brain networks so for so those it's like you, the neurons that are connecting yes okay a like yeah that what it says in the beginning of that a neural circuit is a population of neurons so yes if in case you were curious about like the sciencey stuff so i that. wonder if like well, you said it was both environmental and genetic. So it's like, and is there genetic. something that, like, we know that if you expose a child to as many, I don't know, like situations as possible, they're mm-hmm. going to have more neural connectors. Yes. So like, okay. Yeah. Cool, and cool, it'll, cool. And, and I'll say that I think in a few points here, research has also supported the plasticity of the brain and the potential for neural connections to be enhanced mm-hmm. by experience. By experience. Yeah, that makes sense. EF is a very, very complex process involving brain structures and communication among various regions via neural circuitry. A lot going on in your brain, (laughs) to say the least. This one specifically says chronic stress, including abuse and neglect, has been shown to impact children's developing neural structures, Mm -hmm. which in turn can affect their executive functioning skills. EF difficulties can also be induced by early trauma and or serious head injuries. 
experiences involving opportunities to learn new things, thereby creating new and strengthening existing neural connections and structured, secure environments, providing opportunities for problem solving can enhance EF. So there are ways to grow. Yes, there are ways to grow. And I think I'll say it. I, I believe I typed it out that Oh, yeah, down here. Poor parenting does not cause EF, Mm -hmm. like difficulties in a child. However, poor parenting can make the child's EF more apparent. Like, sorry, start over. Start over. Poor parenting doesn't cause executive functioning disorders or difficulties. But if you are parent if you're poor parenting then it can make the child's ef difficulty more apparent if that makes sense i think so you're not going to cause it by being a poor parent but you might but as if you are you know not if you're parenting poorly then those those executive functioning difficulties can be more apparent you can see see. them a lot easier i it's not saying it's the cause no like the end all be all but you could be like necessary like contributing to but thinking about the fact that a secure environment and like I think of it as a structured secure positive environment is how you can help your child with their executive functioning skills but like it said before and trauma induced and head injuries and things like that that's what's going to cause some executive functioning difficulties and it can also be genetic so a lot of the times you can when a I know we say it but when a student is very like disorganized and kind of all over the place and then you meet parents and you're like "Mm, that makes sense you (laughs) yes yeah not in a mean way not at all but sometimes you can tell your child's EF skills begin developing as early as three to five months of age. However, they do not fully mature until their 20s ish. So, because the prefrontal, pre- mm-hmm. prefrontal cortex. That is chapter one. That's kind of all on what executive functioning is. Questions? <laughs> not, not yet. I feel like okay. you did a really good job explaining what it is mm-hmm. and kind of like a brief touch on like very brief. what what it, how it can be how you can impact your child's executive functioning yes which I think is what I'd like to take away from it is mm-hmm. like how can you enhance it also like how is it not developed you yes. know what I mean so that's this good. next chapter also has so it's titled general supports for EF difficulties oh sweet and I loved this book so far because there is an entire page dedicated to tips and tricks for teachers yes please then there's also um just some general tips for parents too it goes into executive functioning at the home executive functioning at the school executive functioning in the community I will stick strictly to the school one because the home one is um long as well but you'll you'll go into that though yes uh the school one yeah yes okay cool because I do want to hear that yes 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 the I liked this quote that was at the beginning of this chapter is by Socrates. It says the secret of change is to focus all of your energy, not on fighting the old, but on building the new. So I think that refers kind of back to especially using experiences and things to build that those neural connections and things like that. Mm-hmm. The authors recommended helping your child develop adequate EF skills by providing these three components. You have scaffolding of skills. 
which as teachers we know Mm -hmm. scaffolding which i'll go into you have teaching systems of support and then sustaining strengths i'll kind of break each of those down scaffolding of skills means that you will need to provide temporary supports as your child's ef skills evolve in the classroom that could be anything from a writing prompt to assist a child in writing Mm -hmm. until they've become confident enough to write on their own and then they can do it on their own scaffolding obviously we i think we all have learned about that in our own um, education but scaffolding is really important for students with executive functioning skills because you need to put little supports in place in order for them to grow and then to be able to do it on their own when i think like just in general that's good teaching practice like that's Mm -hmm. the best practice you have to scaffold just about everything you do because when you have 30 kids you have so many different types of learners that oh, are yeah. in different places but yeah scaffolding can be in anything anything you do anything and everything you do you probably yeah. have planned for scaffolding without mm-hmm. even realizing it right <laughs> by scaffolding scaffolding <laughs> jeez <laughs> oh, it's one of those days by scaffolding support you are teaching your child to exert to exert within a safe environment to help himself as a parent, it's important not to, and I liked this point, Ooh, yes. it is important not to continually do things for your child if he or she has the skills mm-hmm. to do it. Same thing with teachers. If, yes. you're, if your student has a skill and they're able to complete a task, they should then be doing that task on their own. You should not be supporting them with it. In certain contexts, obviously. I have like the perfect analogy for this that's for only going to ring true with like probably cheerleaders which I know is lame but that's how I grew up so like because I think about homework and just all these skills right Mm -hmm. it's like the first time you do a back handspring you're literally like held you know like you are someone is what is it called uh spotting Spotting. thank you look at you yeah I got it um like spotting you kicking your legs over walking you through the motion then as you start to become more equipped with the skills they're like placing a hand on your back Maybe flipping over your legs. Okay, so then now you just have a hand on the back. Mm-hmm. Boom, before you know it, you walk away. You're not going to, once they have the skill, you're not going to go back and support them. Yeah. It's just. Exactly. Yeah, you're taking away from their abilities to do things. And I feel like scaffolding, like you were saying, is mm-hmm. just so important. Like if you see them approaching a goal, you do need to back off mm-hmm. and start letting them take responsibility and ownership of what they're doing and push them and challenge them to complete certain goals and things like that but I even think of it at home if your child is capable of doing their laundry guess what they need to learn yeah to do their laundry and and there are times when I'm sure you're gonna have to do it yourself but if I know of a an eight-year-old who does their laundry oh You're going to have to tell me who later. Yeah. Okay. So you're going to talk and then I'm going to scroll TikTok for a quick second. All right. Because there is this woman who puts videos up about her children like all the time. Yeah. And her four-year-old like cooks full-on meals for himself because just over time and obviously with the right tools, he's learned how to cut things, to put things in a pan, to turn the fire on. Mm -hmm. Like he has, he made, I watched a video today on like he made a full quesadilla and he actually like burnt his finger. Yeah. And instead of reacting, she waited for his reaction. Mm-hmm. He just like looked at his fingers like, oh, like I touched the pan. Mm-hmm. Or she asked him, what do you think happened? Mm-hmm. Something. And he was like, oh, I touched the pan. 
but it, I didn't get too like badly burned. And f- at, that's at four. four. Yeah. And then I'm, he like continued cooking and he, the second time round after he had like touched his finger on the pan, mm-hmm. he was working much more like diligently in a way and slowly and carefully. Yeah. yeah. To make sure he didn't do it again. Exactly. Which I just thought was awesome. I'm going to see if I can find her page, but <laughs> cool. I'll keep talking while you do that. That and that goes to say as well, I do a summer camp and it's a cooking camp and these kids in the afternoon, they're four to seven years old in this cooking camp. And you can tell the difference mm-hmm. between some of these four year olds and the other four year olds because some of them can't even grip a a spatula completely, whereas some of them can. Dude, I found it. That was so fast. That was very fast. I typed in her um, son's name. Oh. But she's at Laura Love 5514 and it says Montessori and Respectful Parenting Mama. There you go. You should watch her videos. They're I actually will. like I definitely will. Really cool to watch just from a standpoint of like being a parent one day and it kind of ties into like gentle discipline and mm-hmm. like what to do when your kid throws a tantrum. I just I find her fascinating. That's amazing. Because she has a four-year-old. And then I think her other son is like maybe one or two. Yeah. But yeah, they're both doing things like one of the kids didn't feel well one day. And so the other one, like he was able to communicate like, I don't feel well. Mm-hmm. I don't want to play right now. I'm sorry to his little brother. Mm-hmm. And his little brother was like, oh. what do you want? Do you want snuggles? Mm-hmm. Or do you want to be like left alone or something? Yeah. And he's like, no, you can snuggle me. I think that's amazing. It's like, dude, that's you're like four years old. Yeah. How? I have adults that can't communicate (laughs) their needs they can't communicate or regulate certain emotions so whatever she's doing Mm -hmm. on the contrary of of not continuing to do things if your child has the skills to do it if your child does not have the skills necessary for completing a task temper temporary supports have been shown to be very instrumental when Mm -hmm. helping with skill development obviously like we said, scaffolding. Mm-hmm. Start with, you know, a pretty big support. Uh, let them try to mix a, something on their own with a whisk. Yeah. If they look like they're struggling, help them. And then eventually, when they practice enough, they can do it on their own. That is just kind of some scaffolding. And then mm. the next one was systems of support. So this is something else you can do or kind of, is it in tandem or is it like step one, step two, step three? I look at it as in tandem that's what i was kind of thinking yeah. so these like, are in these order are to develop providing skills. three components mm-hmm. yeah so it doesn't say like step one step two this is just kind of an overall what gotcha. you can do let's see i scrolled on accident so systems of support help with executive functioning weaknesses and are typically of longer duration than scaffold support but may even follow a child to college so i think of that as oh, okay. pretty similar to an iep mm-hmm. where you give them these supports so that they can function at the same level as their peers, but those supports need to follow them mm-hmm. wherever they go. And then sometimes systems of support like visual reminders or organizational tools need to rem- to remain in place for a long term. They explained a story of a child who needed uh, verbal and visual reminders mm-hmm. to, I think it was brush his teeth at night mm-hmm. or something like that. So the mom would have to vo- verbally remind him and have a sticky note up mm-hmm. on the on the mirror. I think eventually the verbal reminder went away, but they Mm -hmm. always kept the sticky note 
mm-hmm. on the mirror. And then eventually, I think like years had passed and they found out that he was taking the sticky off and putting it in the cabinet because he didn't need, need the sticky reminder oh, gotcha. anymore. Kind of like a checklist. Yeah, essentially. And it's I just like keeping that. those things in place for long term to support them. So I guess that is kind of a next step aside from scaffolding is then keeping systems of support if they need it. Yeah. Yes. This last one is sustaining strengths, which means that your child's strengths help them to feel confident and successful. Obviously, when you know Mm -hmm. that you're good at something, you want to keep doing that. Mm -hmm. Most people naturally gravitate toward a career where they have that talent true obviously (laughs) uh we and this is from the authors it says we believe your child's natural talents will carry him or her through life so that you don't want to spend so much time energy and effort on their weaknesses that you overlook their strengths yes if you notice that your child has a talent for cooking but is weak in i don't know something else what's something else they could be weak in I don't know like organization but you can use their strength to help them exactly exactly just really and this chapter broke down kind of how to look for a child's strength I didn't go into that but if you as a parent are curious about that you can look at the book too but it's really important just your your child's natural strengths will endure and may provide a way for him or her to bypass Mm -hmm. their own executive functioning difficulties right again for today i've skipped kind of the section on executive functioning in the home because i wanted enough time to talk about executive functioning in the school but if you're interested that starts on page 28 of this book but i really wanted to go into executive functioning in this school right undoubtedly Strong executive functioning skills help children achieve in school. Just bottom line. That's just the way it is. Teachers have long recognized the importance of a student's ability to be prepared, organized, and attentive, right? We all want our, our, I feel like my goal is for all my students to feel organized. Mm -hmm. They don't lose their papers, right? This is what it looks like for a strong executive functioning student in school. He has a sharpened pencil when it's time to work. She turns in her homework without reminder. He listens and focuses when the teacher is providing important information. He can keep several math operations in mind while solving math problems. She can transition between different tasks with minimal or no reminders. And then he can refrain from blurting out in in the class. I think the one that I looked at the most was keeping several math operations in mind Mm. while solving math problems because I had a student this year that struggled in math but then I started to see her struggling in history and science Mm -hmm. and certain things and I'm starting to realize that you know through reading this book I think she had poor executive functioning skills because a lot of the time she could not remember something that I had just stated Mm -hmm. very boldly too you know sometimes in history and science you know we have our full lessons but you have your objective and you make that objective pretty clear I at least in my (laughs) at least in my lesson so I know for sure I tell my students over and over again especially if it's something like James Madison was the father of our constitution. I will state that over and over and over yeah, again. Every And then if lesson. I give an exit ticket, she just is blank, had no clue what we had just talked about. And she struggled in math. She struggled with thinking of multiple steps in, let's say, even just an addition um, 
word problem. Mm -hmm. So that kind of shouted out at me like, wow, this student probably really struggled was with she executive. Organized? She was, yeah, she was yeah. pretty organized, which is, that's, that's so thing, interesting. Is yeah. I think it was, I think her brain was unorganized, but her, um, physical right. like desk and everything was organized I can so. relate to that though like in yeah. high school I was organized I know how to like prioritize things but mm -hmm. math to me like keeping steps in my head I don't know it's just it's hard it's difficult it's different yeah you're all of our brains work so yeah. different that was a student with strong executive functioning skills now okay. this is what a student with weak executive functioning skills looks like in school again the a lot of these I kind of already stated in the very introduction but this is specific to school so the child does not follow the morning routine comes into class and then wanders around <laughs> instead of putting away his or her backpack materials we all know that kid oh yeah <laughs> the child does not do their bell work in the morning or mm. doesn't even get started on it they're unaware of the correct page to be on in the workbook. It's so funny because like as you're reading these, I'm like, check. Every child. Check. Every child. Yep. Check. Like uh -huh. I have the, and, and again, this is not to like single out a child, but like no. it's nice to be like, oh, I get it now. There like, is this a is reason. why you were struggling in this area. There is like, a reason. Yeah. Oop, there it is. And there are, there are just those forgetful kids and it happens yeah, and for I'm the sure. same way, but Especially when you, as a teacher, say to the whole class, okay, we're on this page. Right. And then you start reading whatever it is. And then a minute later, you have the student that's like, what page are we on? Yeah. And you're like, mm, okay, yep. <laughs> that's an yep. issue. <laughs> well, it, uh, obviously it looks different in kindergarten than it does in second grade. Oh, it looks for sure. different in third, whatever yeah, grade it is. But exactly. I mean, you know, everyone has that one, <laughs> you at least one, at if least. not multiple that mm -hmm. are just like not not there they're not present but it, now I'm like okay at least I have an answer mm -hmm. as to why and then eventually when you get to it like I'll have steps exactly that I can take to help them develop those exactly. skills exactly so, anyway sorry keep going no you're fine here's some more just kind of telltales I guess you can look at so after the teacher gives their instructions this student will dilly-dally around instead of getting to work she appears to listen but does not remember Teacher gives the instruction, and when done, the student says, what do we do? Oh, oy. Constant. Yes. <laughs> they it, may it tear. It doesn't matter how clear you are. Oh, no. You, you can, can write it on the board. Yep. You can verbally tell them. You can literally draw a diagram. Yep. And still, what you are can they draw like, a, You can you? draw them a map, and they still are like, what? <laughs> and I'm noticing that in my camp, too, because we uh, go over the recipes beforehand with yeah. the older kids, the 8 to 11-year-olds. We go over the recipes. I say, all right, do we have questions? Then they have to read the recipe three times, the one that they are doing specifically. Right. They have to read the recipe three times before they get started. Then you still have the kid that says, what am I doing with this? And I look at them and I say, read your recipe. <laughs> it's literally in your recipe. Read ah, it. It's so crazy. funny. <laughs> this student will also, uh, where did I leave off? Dig, dig at his eraser and create a pile of eraser okay. debris on his desk. Pause, pause, pause. That's all of them. Yes. That is like all children in second grade. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. again, not, I wouldn't Oy. say just pick one of these and that means that they struggle oh, for sure. I would say it's, you know, a lot of these built up. It has to be like an accumulation of. Yes. Yeah. I would, yes, exactly. They tear at papers inside their desk, oh. leaves part of her lunch at the lunch table, interrupts the teacher, touches other people in line, slides out of their chair, all these things. I, you, you have probably what, five students in mind right now? Dude, I'm literally like <laughs> grabbing my face in shame because 
well, I have one in mind from this last year, right? Mm-hmm. That like we constantly worked with. And I'm sure, Claudia, if you're listening, you know exactly who I'm talking about. <laughs> and it got to the point where like we are in contact with the parents, mm-hmm. like he's going to the doctor like we're trying to figure out what's going on mm-hmm. here because things were not clicking yeah that's hard too because yeah. it says I didn't put it in my notes but I do remember reading that they really don't have there's not like an assessment right that you can like diagnose a child right. with executive functioning dysfunction I should say executive oh, yeah. dysfunction, which is frustrating because me being type a wants an answer and a solution to that mm-hmm. answer. Like so that's like yeah. hard for me to grasp because <laughs> yeah. I'm like thinking about this kid. Like, yeah, I felt like he was a kid that I just didn't serve well this year mm-hmm. because he left not being able to organize his desk, losing papers constantly, blurting out in class. And I just like didn't have the answers. Yeah. And I just felt so bad. Yeah. But we just brushed it off to like, oh, just, Johnny is Johnny. Yep, that's it just how they're gonna be. <laughs> but that's not true because I could have done stuff. Yeah. Oy. And I have one more point, and then I'll read okay. the suggestions. Cool. This last point is mainly just for parents. It says to provide your teacher, or sorry, your child's teacher, with information on executive functioning skills. Snaps. So snaps, if you, snaps. as yes. a parent, are aware of your child's yeah. executive dysfunction, you should be alerting yeah. your teacher talk about helpful yes how helpful would that be at the beginning of the year knowing hey we struggle with executive functioning yep. skills at home you might see these things in the classroom yep that Let's would work make together on finding a solution to help that would make a world of a difference yes. yeah the challenge again with most general ed teachers is that they we have not received a lot of formal training on helping children with executive functioning difficulties that's where this kind of this book comes in hand and I'm excited that's why I'm really really glad that I read at least most of it well no that's false some of it (laughs) I don't know why I said most of it I'm not even halfway through (laughs) can I say though in addition to like we haven't received training on it but we're also like we get a brand new class every nine months you know with 30 some odd new children Mm -hmm. that we're trying to figure out each individual Mm -hmm. as an individual yeah and if parents are contacting us in advance saying like, hey, just a heads up, Johnny cannot organize his desk. Mm-hmm. Let's work together this year to so like scaffold. Oh my, I would, I would hug. love you. I will hug Please you. Please just, and don't be afraid to reach out to us either. Like mm-hmm. I would rather know that information than try and guess at it later. Yep. You know? Exactly. Because now we're, I mean, fourth quarter, that's when I started yeah. to realize these right difficulties with some of the students and just think about how much time and effort you could have saved mm-hmm. and then you start at the beginning yeah. versus yeah in quarter four when you're like oh, oh that's why that's something oh, yes. okay now because now I'm gonna go to this third grade teacher and be like okay now that I know mm-hmm. here's some listen to this yep. episode there so you go you can save time and effort and energy unlike me <laughs> <laughs> okay awesome. so here are suggestions for teachers all right. There's some bullet points. Up at the top, it says deficits in executive functioning, like poor impulse control, can significantly impact children in the classroom. We, the authors, wanted to offer some suggestions that might help improve classroom functioning. Making teaching impulse control a class activity. Oh, this is, sorry, this is more specifically, this this um, suggestions was put in the impulse control chapter, which I didn't go over 
but still it's mostly for i will say impulse control i guess which there should be an entire episode yes. solely on impulse control maybe we, can you do that please? yeah That'd yeah be, i will do I'm that's this chapter that. and that's the thing with this book that i love is each pretty much each chapter has a suggestions for teachers that's a great suggestions for teachers so i didn't even read yeah, again i'm not even going. at this part but this is suggestions for teachers with students who have impulse control Bring problems. Bring it on, please. So this one says, consider purchasing the book Impulse Control Activities. Pause, 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 pause. <laughs> Okay, go ahead. Impulse, impulse Control Activities and Worksheets for Elementary Students by Tanya Castleman. Tan, with a Y? Tanya? Nope. No. T-O-N-I-A. Uh-huh. And then Castleman, C-A-S-E-L-M-A-N. Thank you. You're welcome. In the classroom, provide visual aids to help children learn to stop, reflect, and respond. So even just having those words and teaching kind of like a lesson on stop, pause, Mm. think about what you're going to do, reflect on Uh, it, and then respond. I need that as an adult. (laughs) Yes. No, like no joke. Oh, for sure. If there's one thing I've learned in this like housing thing is that I need to chill. Stop and just think for a second. Yep. Use the quote-unquote think aloud procedure to help children learn to develop Mm. and understand their inner voice. We Mm -hmm. talk about this, I feel like, a lot where just talk out loud sometimes about your (laughs) what you're thinking and show your students how to regulate that and how you regulate that, I guess. Dude, story of my life. (laughs) Give students opportunity for purposeful movement, such as stretch breaks or playing a class round of Simon Says. Or science says. Science like says. Like Anna we Carly's taught us. Yes. Shout out, Anna. Love you. <laughs> science We says. get to see her in a few days. Oh, my gosh. I forgot. <laughs> We're going wedding trash topic. So okay. Notice students using impulse control and have a brief on-the-spot teaching moment to explain how the student used impulse control and then discuss how this applies to others. Mm, so like notice a praise a, moment? Yep. A praise moment. Okay. Notice how someone controlled their impulse Mm -hmm. and then kind of pointed out (laughs) i had one student who like always would call out and then every time he raised his hand it was like yes yes you raised your hand and he like soaked that in i'm sure oh i'm so proud of myself i was like dude i'm proud of you cs yeah Yeah, love him to pieces (laughs) this next one says develop a cue that's just between you and the student with impulse control issues. For example, if you notice that your student isn't listening to directions, you might catch his eye and touch your ear as a subtle reminder. Mm-hmm. Obviously coming up with that with the student so that they're aware of it. Can Sorry, I interject Please on go. all of these. No, I'm I gonna, would prefer. One thing that I've learned that doesn't work along the lines with that, because mm-hmm. you're saying cue, like something so nonchalant. One thing wrong I did this year was like the tally marks. Mm-hmm. For every call out, you'd go and erase a tally mark on their desk. And I realized that, like, that's so humiliating to them. Like, the student immediately upon me doing that, like, erased them. Oh. And I am so glad that I learned that lesson this year because yeah. that was, like, something had been, that had been suggested to me. Mm-hmm. And looking back, like, now, I just, it wasn't it. a good. So learn from me, like, that wasn't a great method. So, like, a tug on the ear or a tap on the nose would just be... So much more, or I should say, so much less embarrassing yeah. than what I had done. Yeah, and I, and again, making it subtle, 
yeah that's, i think the biggest thing you don't you wanna, don't have to call them out you verbally. don't want to call them out or like tap on your do something that you would normally do oh yeah i like, tap on my nose all the time yeah. without thinking Realizing it. yeah <laughs> this next one says prepare your students ahead of time for situations where they will need to apply a lot of impulse control for example if the class is going to listen to a guest speaker in the auditorium tell the students that they will be expected to sit and listen quietly ask students to choose seats next to classmates who won't tempt them to goof around we do this every time or at least I do this every time before yes. we go to watch the ballet or symphony and as you get ready for the beginning of the year teach that skill Mm -hmm. like go in and drill and kill that at the beginning of the year we go in early we practice that skill Mm -hmm. and then like second semester we go back and we practice again and again and I really like to point out my second graders versus what the kindergartners look like because obviously very different age group totally kindergartners cannot sit still in that auditorium at all and it is very clear when you look across and then you look at the second graders, we're mostly sitting still. But I do like to point right. out to my second graders, like, this is how much you've grown. And now you can sit still in your seat. Things like that. Become aware of the times that students have the most impulse control difficulties and build strategies and solutions specific uh, to both the student and the circumstance. We need to, I need to do that with reading groups. Yeah. And I just don't know how. I know. So it's a our team should <laughs> brainstorm that. I know that our headmaster was talking about that as well Mm -hmm. it's just so like when parents are involved it's Mm -hmm. just a different story it is good conversation to be had yes all right I got three more for you often students with impulse management challenges have difficulty with transitions and change we all know that it's wise to give your class plenty of advance notice if there will be a major change in your daily routine I think for that one especially if you have students with autism who you know Mm -hmm. struggle with schedule changes I think we all kind of do that. I think I, I try my best to because I know I've had I've had a student with autism in my class every year. So well, and even just for myself, like I need to go through the yes. schedule personally that just to like kind of get my head wrapped around the day. So yep. yeah, best practice is to go through the schedule every single morning. And yep. if there's a big big thing coming, like the dodgeball tournament mm-hmm. or something literature day like I give them a day's notice like oh yes and if I know like I'm not going to be there or something like I do tell them Mm -hmm. it's not I don't like to surprise them no exactly young children will follow your lead on how to deal with a student who is struggling with challenging behavior the teacher sets the tone for building a respectful classroom community where children feel comfortable discussing their thoughts and feelings that just goes to building that classroom culture Mm -hmm. that we all I would hope are building in our classrooms where they feel confident and comfortable to tell you their feelings and their thoughts but also you know when you do have a student with impulse control issues you can tell in a classroom when they're used I hate to say when they're used to it but when they're used to it because I had a student who liked to get attention by banging on his desk and I had to ignore it and the rest of the students had to ignore it too so it just it's it is one of those things that you just have to build that environment where they know like, okay, you know, this student might make a noise like that and I just have to kind of be okay with it, I guess. Right. Well, cause it's their way of communicating a need. Exactly. And I think, especially in second grade, like if that behavior has been occurring for a while, they start to understand like, this is that child's way of communicating a mm-hmm. need that's not being met. Yes. So Yeah. 
students and this is the last one students with impulse control issues often feel like the bad guys because their behavior Mm. so often lands them in trouble with you they may feel like you don't like them even if you don't like their behavior find ways to let them know that you're on their side and that's just good practice in general I think for me um I want to look through obviously more of this book and this was I was Mm -hmm. just really excited to tell you all about this but the biggest thing is I think scaffolding for those executive functioning skills and putting like little reminders into place that could help them with certain things Mm -hmm. that might look different for different students oh 100% well but scaffolding I think is the biggest thing to do especially like you said if parents can let us know at the beginning of the year we can put those into place right away and mm-hmm. then we can start to take those those scaffolds away and let yeah. them fly in multiple modalities right like yep. have a visual visual have something that they can touch yep have something they can see something they can hear like i always default to checklists and i think most of us do just cuz it's easier to do it like if they need help organizing you put a little checklist like take out binder check Put it in appropriate folder. Check. <laughs> Put binder back into the desk. Yes. Check. Check. Well, we have that for like our students, obviously at the beginning of the year. Yeah. But I need to be better about telling which students still need to use yeah. that checklist. Yeah. Because I kind of after the first yep. two days, I'm like, all right, if you don't, if same, you, whatever. But I need to be better about hey. Let's use your checklist today. We should even do like a graduation program through it. Like, okay, once I take your checklist away, that means that you I don't. know that you understand the steps yeah. and that you are able to execute them without my assistance. Yeah, that would be a perfect scaffolding. Because then you can just see mm-hmm. who still needs it, who needs the verbal reminders, yep. stuff like that. And That's I feel perfect. like, yeah, it's kind of like the cursive on mm, the desks. Like yeah. this year I just took them all off eventually, but next oh, year I think funny. I'll do like a graduation program where okay like you know the steps I definitely kept my cursive on until the end of the year that was wise honestly (laughs) mine just looked like garbage so that's um that's what I got for you guys today two chapters worth exactly please keep reading it because that's a really good I I want I want more from that book (laughs) I'm sure the listeners could agree please well I know that you have to go back to your baking I have to go back to Class. my summer job, guys. So we're going to quickly do our positives. Yes. Yeah. I have mine. You go first. Um, well, mine's more of like a forward thinking. I'm stoked to go wedding dress shopping with this gal pal. That was mine. On, oh, was it really? Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> on Saturday. It's just going to be yeah. so much fun. And we did like a bridal, what would you call it? Expo? It was called the wedding show. A so wedding yeah, show, like a, a which was heck and heck and exciting. That Let was, me tell you, I'm not engaged, and I was like, oh, I'll take that. I'll take that. <laughs> I know. I wait. Sorry, are you done? Yeah. No. Okay. I'm done. I didn't want to cut you off. Uh, yeah. My positive for this week was a going to that bridal show thing, whatever you want to call it, and then I apparently signed up for uh, a free engagement shoot <laughs> and I won so many things. Yes. and I won, but I already have engagement photos. So I gifted it to Miss <laughs> Tay GB over there for when she gets engaged. When the big day happens. Oh, that's going to be so nice. I, know. I love you for a gifting that free to me. photo shoot for that's you. So nice. But then I also won a free bridesmaids makeup too. Oh, that's right. And she was really good. And I started following her on Instagram. Her yeah. It's transformation station. Shout A-A-Z, out to you, girl. And she does some good makeup. Yeah. And I'm kind of, I'm, I looked at her and another girl and I 
I'm kind of narrowed down to both of them. Yeah, she's but incredible. I'm also stoked, obviously, to go wedding dress shopping for the first time this weekend. Can't I think wait. it'll be kind of that like yeah wake up call of like I'm planning it's a wedding. Happening. I'm planning a wedding and it's happening. And not only that, but you are coming. Anna Carlise is coming. Oh, I can't wait. Maddie's coming. It's going to be the gal pals it back is. together. We and all I'm four of us so haven't been excited. together in a while. So I'm really stoked about oh, it. I got like chills thinking about it. I'm really excited. <laughs> We're going to have champagne Too much fun. and fun stuff happening. And we'll for take that pictures. one, I won um, because that the boutique that I'm going to oh, was yeah. also at the wedding show and I won a tax free. So which I, if huge. I buy a dress from there, I don't have to pay tax on it, <laughs> which is easily probably a couple hundred dollars. Oh, for sure. When we were calculating it, I was yeah. like, yeah, that's a good, yeah. that's a good deal. A good chunk. So she yeah. said it was the best one. Oh, so. sweet. I like that's, that. I'm taking that one. Well, great episode. Tanks. You can reach out to us at teachers <laughs> at gmail.com please send us things all like the things your classroom things or maybe what you're doing for the summer we want to hear from you all yeah or you can dm us if you oh, don't yeah. like email yeah at teachers underscore talk underscore podcast and we'll see you next week with something brand new and fresh fresh and new <laughs> freaky, i was like what fresh. did you say last week you were like fresh and new and now it's what did you new say and fresh. new and fresh yeah, switch, <laughs> switch it up that was a disgusting laugh. I'm leaving. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay bye. Love you. Bye.